Inscribe Aaron's name on the staff of the tribe of Levi, for there must be one staff for the leader of each ancestral tribe. Place these staffs in the tabernacle in front of the ark, containing the tablets of the covenant, where I meet with you. Buds will sprout on the staff belonging to the man I choose. Then I will finally put an end to the people's murmuring and complaining against you. So Moses gave the instructions to the people of Israel and each of the twelve tribe leaders, including Aaron, brought Moses a staff. Moses placed the staffs in the Lord's presence in the tabernacle of the covenant. When he went into the tabernacle of the covenant the next day, he found that Aaron's staff, representing the tribe of Levi, had sprouted, budded, blossomed, and produced ripe almonds. Not bad, hey? I wonder, you know what would be the miracle if that staff produced almond milk? Yeah, right. Anyway, when Moses, not even God can call that stuff milk. When Moses brought all the staffs out of the Lord's presence, he showed them to the people. Each man claimed his own staff. And the Lord said to Moses, place Aaron's staff permanently before the Ark of the Covenant to serve as a warning to the rebels. This should put an end to their complaints against me and prevent any further deaths. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. Father, we just pray that today you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, but Lord, you would give us, I guess, the humility to accept the moments, the stages, the seasons where we struggle so that, Father, in that place of openness, you can step in to bring us to the place that you want us to go. Father, I know that I can't do what I really desire to do without you. You are my everything. And in this place, you are everything. So have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's a really beautiful passage of scripture because there's, there's, it, it just makes no sense. You know, there's, it, it, it's just full of wonder how this you know, dead stick can come to life. You know, you, you, if you're a gardener, which I'm not, I, I can take anything that's alive and I can make it dead. Give me, I've shared in the house, we've shared, Mel and I have shared, we still are struggling to grow rosemary. Apparently it's a weed that can't die. Well, I can't get it to life. Like it just won't. Come on, we've tried CPR, everything, nothing, dead. Like we've got the plant that Ali has given Mel, I'm doing my best, Ali, I'm watering that thing. Yeah, and I'm trying to keep it alive and I've even put it at the front of the house so that that would embarrass Mel and I if it were to die in case you visit because we're just not good with stuff like that. It may need a, a green thumb to come and tell us what else we need to do. But Aaron's rod. Now the Hebrew word for rod in this passage is the word matah, M-A-T-T-A-H. And I, I, I want to bring that up just to teach in for five seconds because often in, in the Old Testament, we look at the Old Testament and we live in the New Testament. Yeah, We live in a different dispensation. We don't have all these things that we have to do to get the promises of God. Jesus did it all. We live in the New Testament. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah? God's the same yesterday, today and forever. And there's some things that we need to, and need to be able to garner from the old. God wasn't silly in the languages that he chose, you know. When they spoke, in, in, even in Hebrew, a, a word can have two or three or four meanings. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's so complex. It's not like English. And so the word matar actually has several meanings, yeah? It can mean rod or a branch, yeah? It, it can have the meaning of discipline or rebuke with a rod. Yeah, my, my girls might remember that. They're not here and I can't say that because you're not allowed to do that today, can you? It's really, it's a shame. That was fun. 
Who liked going to school and getting the strap? How good was that? That was we wouldn't have the problems we had today if teachers could just strap the kids again. I didn't say that on the record. I'm joking. Not anyway. We we move forward. It could mean leading, as with a scepter. It can be it could be a walking staff, like I I needed the other day. It could be a walking staff. It could also represent the support of life. The word mata also means tribe. Okay, so in the passage we see that we've got twelve rods that are chosen to represent twelve tribes. The, the, that word mata is the same word used for tribe and rod. I'm going somewhere with this, so just bear with me for a minute. So the rod of Aaron in this story has a value that you and I have to understand, that we have to grab hold of if we want to take what's in the old and bring it into into the new and learn from God. Okay, now his rod is alive. That rod is totally alive. By the end of it, we know it's alive. It blossomed. It did everything, you know, produced almonds. So, from the passage of Scripture, there's a rod representing the tribe of, the tribe of Levi that buds. Now, the reason that God chose the tribe of Levi to be spiritual leaders is, is a quandary if you know anything about them because I would have thought that they would have been the last of who God chosen. Yeah, I'm just building here. Genesis 49 verses 5 to 7 says Simeon and Levi, because that's where the Levites come from, Simeon and Levi are two of a kind, their weapons are instruments of violence, may I never join in their meetings, may I never be a party to their plans for in their anger they murdered men and they crippled oxen just for sport a curse on their anger for its fierce, a curse on their wrath for its cruel, I will scatter them among the descendants of Jacob, I will disperse them throughout Israel and yet he chooses that tribe as the priests and to lead Israel. You know, sometimes, I just want to say this, right? Our background, our history, the lives that we have lived or are leading does not ever disqualify us for what God wants to do through us. Yeah? yeah. Ever. So from reading that passage, it seems that Levi probably should have been on the bottom of the list instead of being chosen to lead. But God chooses him anyway. And I mean, why didn't he choose Judah? Judah means praise. You know, why didn't he go there? And, and, and I think, again, the meaning and the answer is in the word Levi, the meaning of the word Levi. Because Levi means attached. All right? Let's just keep going with these words that have got double meanings. It means attached. So I want to suggest this morning that that meaning is really significant because in the Old Testament, names have great meaning. And I believe God's choosing Levi. What he's saying is he's seeking a people who would be attached to him. Yeah? Would be attached to him. You can't say that you believe in God and never attach yourself to him. Yeah, that's not a belief. It's not a friendship. It's not a relationship. I can't say that I'm married to my wife if I actually never spend time with her and attach myself to her. Yeah. So I just think God's setting us up here. God wants, wants us attached to him. He wants us to experience him. He wants us to spend time with him. See, there's nothing that, that we can do to make him love us more. He's already sent his son. He just wants us to attach ourselves to him. Yeah. Little brothers love hanging out with their older brothers. Is that true? Little sisters with their older sisters. The older brothers don't like that, do they, Samuel? No, you get frustrated when Nathan tries to hang out with you. You just sit there smiling. Nathan's thinking, I can't believe you're talking about me again. I'm going to bash you up after. I know, mate, I know. 
Oh no. He just wants a people that will attach, just attach, attach, attach to him. He's not like an older brother that doesn't want that. Anyway, let's just keep going. So, what did all the 12 staffs have in common before they were brought into the, the place of testimony? What did they have in common? They were all dead. Yeah? Dead pieces of wood. Good, I'm glad that you picked that up. And they were all dead. Why? Because they were no longer attached to their life source, to the tree that they came from. Is that okay? You can, if, if a stick's dead, generally it's not attached to the thing that was alive anymore. If you hang around this property long enough, you'll find dead sticks everywhere. And what you find in common is they're no longer attached to the big tree, <laughs> to their life source. All right. So, now, in the story we know that the rod of Aaron that's dead blooms. Now, if a normal rod can't bloom because it's been cut off from its source, its tree, then the suggestion is that somehow, because of... Levi, yeah, being attached because of Aaron being the, the person's rod. Somewhere in this story, the rod and, and Aaron are still at, are attached to God. Yeah, because otherwise there could be no life. you just got to join some dots here. So we need to go somewhere with this. So I believe God chose the tribe of Levi to be the spiritual leader of Israel to show that a, that a position is not based on personality, it's not based on merit, but instead it's based on a person's attachment to God. Yeah? You know, when you, you ever looked at a church, why is that person doing that? Why is that person in that position? Why is that person leading? Ever, ever had those thoughts? Those, no? Maybe just me before I was a Christian. Maybe me while I was a Christian. Maybe me before I was a leader. Maybe me while I was a leader. Yeah, maybe some of you when I first became the leader. <laughs> yeah, listen to the laughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'll get you all. I saw the laughs. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe I got my role. Maybe I was asked into the position because somebody saw something and that something was an attachment to God, yeah? Maybe sometimes the people that we think aren't qualified are qualified because they're attached to God. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, and the truth is, if you and I, if we, we, if we have a life at all in our lives, any life within us, it's only because we're attached to Jesus. Yeah, because generally, people that aren't attached to Jesus, not the super optimistic, positive thinking people that sit in that all day. Most people that without Jesus can be very morbid. People with Jesus can be really sad too. Yeah, but. Our joy is not dependent upon our life circumstance. It's dependent upon who we're attached to. That's why we can actually be totally different. That's why we can be an example to those that are around us because we're attached to him. But John 15, 5 to 8, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. So it's all about attachment. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So God doesn't intend for his church or his children to be dead branches. He wants us all to be alive. Is that a fair call so far? Yeah. So think about it. When people saw Aaron's branch, they took notice of it. This is after the fact. Because it was different than any other rod. It was alive. It was totally alive. That's what set him apart. That's what sets you and I apart. That's, 
when we sing songs like champion you are my champion you know and we say you, you we have the authority that you've given us that's what sets us apart because we're now alive in him yeah there's something within us that is not in others that don't believe in him so they took notice of Aaron's because it was a lie. Think about it. When people saw Aaron's branch, they took notice of it because, man, all of a sudden there's stuff growing off it. They were just dead sticks, but here's this stick that's got life coming out of it all of a sudden. So when, when Moses checked on the rods the next day, Aaron's rod, and only Aaron's rod had sprouted. It had budded. Something, something supernatural had happened. It, it, it produced blossoms. It, it produced almonds. You know, wow, not only just almonds, but they were ripe in a day. Like, that's, un that's unreal. There was this supernatural, intense, pressure cooker type life, yeah? And this, that picture for me is the same and can be the same for us as individual believers. This, this is where, where I want to go. Big train to get me here to say that, that I think this is, this is for us. This is for believers that are struggling. This is for believers that are falling away. This is for believers that have let go of their dreams. This is for believers that have no longer, that, that, that had promises spoken over their lives but have forgotten about them because they haven't seen them. This passage of scripture is for, for them. It's for us. You know, where we've allowed us, ourselves to be broken away from the life source because when life's tough, I said last week, there are times where we cry out to God, Why? And we feel so distant from him. Because if you speak to anyone who's got pain, there are seasons where you just stop talking to God. Yeah. And he doesn't go anywhere. But we've sort of detached ourselves. And everything about God is about us being attached to him. So that we could be more like him. To be loved by him. To be healed by him. Yeah? But when people see us, what do they see? Do we, at this moment in your life right now, do they see us as dead sticks? Or do they see us as the stick, you know, the one that budded, the one that blossomed, the one that was alive again? Or do they see that in us? What, what do other people see? Because we wonder sometimes why there aren't more people in church across the world and people suggest some churches are flourishing and others say that the number of believers across the world is diminishing. Why is that? Is it because some of us look like grey old broken sticks with no life? Like seriously, I'm just posing the question. We have to be able to ask ourselves that because if we're ever going to be open, honest and transparent with God, then we're going to get down and dirty sometimes and allow him to do a work, you know? And so, hey, dude, when you, when you were there, you were lifeless. You spoke death. That was terrible, really. Oh, God, I just wasn't in the mood, you know? Yeah, but what did the people see when you were like that? Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. You know? Sometimes we've got to have those conversations with him, I think. Anyway, Aaron's rod, the butt, it was, it was in a dark place. It was alone. It was afraid. I actually think there are times where our lives can seem so dry and broken that <laughs> a little bit like this stick, we, we remember the days of glory. I reckon the stick remembered when it was attached to the tree, when it had the lifeblood pumping through it, when it had fresh leaves, and now it's just a dead stick. I wonder the thoughts that it had. I wonder if it just remembered when it was attached to 
when it bore fruit. I wonder if it dreamed on... I wonder whether that branch, that branch there, I wonder if that branch has dreams of one day being the biggest branch on the tree. I wonder. Because sometimes we find ourselves, because of a bad day, bad week, a bad month, those dreams that we had all of a sudden are really distant memories. Those hopes that we had are smashed and they've been scattered. And we're struggling with all of our might just to believe in Jesus. You know, those days where you believe, you just believe, and other days where it really takes faith. Those days. You know, maybe some of us are still in that place, in, in that dark, that you, you feel alone, you feel dried, you feel useless, you feel fruitless. You know, no one's ever been there, just me, yeah? You know, that deep anguish of soul where everything in life seems to be failing, where, you know, you feel alone, you, you're hurt, it just feels like there's just, you're just going through stuff all the time. And just when you get over it, then you're going through something else again. Maybe that doesn't make sense. Maybe it does, I don't know. Maybe you feel like you have no hope. But there is a hope. That rod that was dead was in fact alive. Yeah, It was alive, it budded. So let me read, read this. A little bit of a story about our, our friend, the dead stick. Yeah? It's, I started out as a nut. I should just stop there, shouldn't I? <laughs> That's you, Pastor! Yeah, thank you. I started out as a nut that fell from a tree in the orchard. Orchard, orchard. I became embedded in the ground and started to sprout into a sapling. The gardener came by and noticed me. He separated me out and made sure I had no weeds around me. Good gardener. He gave me special nutrients to be sure that I grew strong. <laughs> special nutrients. Is that what they called it then? <laughs> <It's not. laughs> he tied a straight stick to me to assure that I would grow straight and tall. My dream was to be the youngest almond tree to ever produce fruit. I felt alive and vital. I knew I was the best sapling in the orchard. Now, I reckon all of us have felt like that. I am going to be the best. I'm going to be the best husband. I'm going to make it to the AFL. I'm going to be the best footballer. I'm going to smash out this university stuff. I'm going to be the best at work. I'm going to have the best car. My wheels look like where we just feel like we can take on the world. Ever felt? Remember those days? Like I can take on everything and anything. When we dreamed big. I'm going to pastor a church. I'm going to be preaching to thousands of people. Thousands. I can see it when you dream big. That's not me being disappointed, by the way, where I'm at. <laughs> I wouldn't swap this. Legitimately wouldn't swap this place for anything. But when you dream big about your life, I'm going to have, we're going to have five kids. You find out you can't have any. Man, my marriage is going to go the distance. I'm going to hit 50 years and now you're in marriage number four or five. But when you dream big, we've all had those times where we've dreamed big. Business is thriving. You, you know, you, your kids make you proud. Everything is good. Let's keep going with our poor little stick. One day the gardener came by to check on my growth just like he had every week. This time he gripped my base and rudely snapped my limbs off my trunk. 
He took his axe, chopped off the limbs he couldn't break with his hands. He pulled me sideways with one swift swing of his axe. He severed me from the base root. He then proceeded to strip my bark and laid me in the hot sun. My dreams of becoming a productive almond tree were shattered. Life takes a swift turn, doesn't it? Just occasionally. I was certain I was going to get into that, that degree, that, that you know, university. They didn't let me in. I just knew everything would be okay. I didn't know that my husband, my wife, my partner would leave me. I didn't mean to hit that person when I was driving my car. Everything that I dreamed of is now, it's just gone. It's shattered. I'm finished. Life can be tough. Diagnose terminal illness, lose your job, business closes. That despair, that heartache, that anguish, that pain. God, why? If you're such a good wife, flip and heck, God, why? Do you not know this is actually hurting me? I don't want to be where I am right now. Yeah? Day by day, the gardener would come by and turn me to the other side like you're doing a nice little roast, yeah? so that the other side of me would be exposed to the sun. Day by day, I felt life fluids drying up inside of me. I felt for sure I was being prepared for firewood. But what I couldn't figure out was, why me? Can this get any worse? It feels worse every day. Man, my mum didn't tell me life was going to be like this. I really thought it would be much better than this. Didn't think I'd get picked on at school. Wow. You know, you once had a close relationship with God. You spoke to him about everything. But now he just feels so far away. You know, just one hit too many. You know, detached, distant. You feel, you can feel dead inside. And you can't help but ask that question like that. Like the rod. Why? Why me, God? Why me? When I felt totally dried up, the gardener picked me up and gave me over to a man who would use me as his staff. I went with him everywhere he went. The only time I I wasn't in his hand or in his lap was while he was sleeping. I found a new purpose in being the man's staff. I I I helped him when the footing was difficult. I drove off wild animals from his flock. I decided that if I could no longer be an almond tree, I would be the best staff that a man could have. I was glad to serve in this new role. Oh, Oh, come on. Life's just picked up again. It's not exactly what I imagined. It's not what I'd always dreamed of. But this is better than that. I'll at least be happy here. I'll be the the best that I can be right here, right now. And you find purpose in the day to day. But really, late at night, when no one's around, deep inside, you know there was more in you. Deep inside, you know there is more in you. Yeah. You miss being attached to the life source like you once were. You know, the man was a leader of the people. He and I used by, were used by God in many ways to convince the people of God's presence and power. One day he threw me to the ground and I became a snake and I ate up the other rods that become snakes. And I was used to turn water to blood. I was used to bring frogs out of the streams and rivers. I was used to make gnats. I felt great to be used by the Lord to free the people who were in slavery. Like, man, I've got a purpose. 
Then one day the men gathered around my master and argued about who would be the leader. My master again threw me to the ground and the other men threw their staffs on me. Then my master's brother picked all 12 of of, of our staffs up and he put us in a dark place in a tent. And once again I remembered, once again I figured that I was going to be used for firewood. You know, sometimes life can just be cruel. (laughs) That just when we feel like we're getting life back together again, second marriage, gone. Parents pass away early. Something that just rocks our world, whatever it might be. Yeah? You had an investment only to find out you got duped. It was a pyramid scheme. Scheme. You know, I wish, I wish we could, we would only have those moments once in our lives, but it just seems like to me that lemons don't have a once in a lifetime appointment with us. It seems like lemons have multiple appointments with us in our lifetime, which is a real shame. You know, it would be nice that if we had those moments once and once we dealt with them, then they would never return. And the truth is, though, they come back again and again and again and again. But, 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 but. The the next phrase is so inappropriate, but there is no better but to have than to have a but in Christianity, yeah? It is the biggest but in the world and it is the most hopeful but in the world. Christianity. So the rod was in a dark place, and the dark place was the tent of meeting, the tabernacle of meeting. What the rod didn't know, what the rod didn't know, it was placed near the testimony, it was placed near the presence of God. In its brokenness, in its hopelessness, somehow God had orchestrated for it to end up in his presence, in the presence of the Almighty God. And in his presence, what should have been impossible now now became possible. The rod that used to be attached to him was attached to him again. And now all of a sudden, in one night, this makes all the difference. Because church, are there things in your life that you want or desire to change? Things that seem impossible that, that should probably take years and maybe never ever be possible? Let's spend time in his presence. Because the impossible happens in his presence. Yeah? Yeah? The impossible happens in his presence. The woman with the issue of bleeding was healed because she stepped into his presence to get a touch. Peter was able to walk on water because he wanted, desired to, broke through the, the chains of fear and stepped out of the boat into his presence. Yeah, So many of us never capture all that God has for us, the life that he has for us, because we are so accustomed to staying back, to not stepping out, to not pushing through the fear. But when life sucks, maybe we just got to position ourselves in his presence. Yeah? yeah? yeah good. Attach ourselves completely to him. He loves us unconditionally and he wants to see us alive. So during the night, let's go back to our stick. During the night, something strange started to happen. I felt something that I, that I liked, but I'd not felt it in many years. 
Life began to flow through my grain. I, I, I felt something like bumps on my side. Not my bumps. Bumps on the stick. Bumps on my side. Then they erupted into sprigs and then into branches. And, 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 and the branches budded and they started to grow almonds. And the, the almonds even, they ripened. Do you know what a small miracle would have done? If he had produced, if God had just produced a green leaf on that, on that rod, on that stick, it would have been enough for the Levites and for Aaron to lead. That would have been enough, but that wasn't enough for a miraculous God. Yeah? Every dream, every dream that that rod had came back to life. It didn't just produce a leaf, it produced, it produced a branch. It didn't just produce almonds, it, it, it produced ripe almonds, a dead stick. But in the presence of God, it fulfilled its destiny. How many of us are just this far away from our destiny because we have to step into the presence of God more? Seriously, if God could have made just something small come out, it would have been enough, but that's not how God works. The rod, though it was dead, gave forth life. And this morning I want to say there's life in each and every one of us. And you might be happy where you're at, that's great. And you're fulfilling all that God has destined for you, that's great. But for some of us, I know there's more. I know this. I don't want to be satisfied with just a, just a leaf. That's okay, yeah? I'm not, I'm, please hear my heart. I'm not saying this is what we could be and we're not. It's not what I'm saying. But I know there are dreams that are dead in some people. And I know there are promises that people have forgotten because they hurt to remember. But in the presence of God, they come back to life. All because this stick spent one night in the presence of God. And God did it. God did it. God did it. Father God, Abba, he did it. He did a miracle. Like, flat out did a miracle. He did what was impossible. Mel and I have prayed for people that aren't supposed to have children. We've seen them. We know couples that have had children. We've prayed for people that have got you know, illnesses and we've seen them disappear. We know God can do it. But maybe, like the rod, we've got to allow some of life's circumstances push us back into his presence rather than running away from his presence. Yeah, there is nothing, nothing more special than his presence. We're in a season... <laughs> as a community in the world that spends less and less time with God. You only have to read Acts chapter 2 and see how often the children of Israel got together because for them, they just wanted to be in a place where his presence was. Why? Maybe they discovered that's where the fountain of life is. I don't know how you want to word it, yeah? But there's something so very special there. The rod was dead. It didn't have to do anything. It didn't have to plant itself. It didn't need its roots to go out. God did it all. And I want to say this. Our pain, our anguish, our heartache, it doesn't disqualify you and me from a miracle. In fact, it pushes us, <laughs> it pushes us up to the front of the line. Yeah? 
He's a miracle-working God. You know, this morning, you and I, when we find ourselves going through dark times, lonely times, we're needing those times to spend time in his presence. There's something so very special just about resting in him. It's never about what we can do. It's not about our strengths. We don't have enough strength to do what he wants to do in our lives. All we have to do is not lose hope. Just accept that he is and remain attached to him and he will, even in our weakness, even in our circumstance, even in our darkness. Church, I'm going to, I want to pray for people and I'm going to ask you all to stand. And as you stand, I want you to ask yourself, or picture this, what about David tending sheep? Sorry, Ross and guys, can I get the worship team up? Would that be okay? David's tending his sheep. I wonder if he ever thought he would be a king. But maybe it was just the time that he spent in the presence of God. Yeah? What about Joseph and his rainbow-coloured dream coat? Thrown into a well, in jail. His times were dark. I wonder if he ever dreamed of being a ruler. But he spent time in God's presence. What about Zacchaeus, the tax collector, hated by the people? But one afternoon, one dinner time in the presence of God changed his life forever. And what was once dead <laughs> was now alive. You know, for that stick, for that rod, it was never about the effort it could put in. This is not about effort, it's not about striving. What this is about is saying, yeah, you know what? I do have some broken dreams. And I do have some pain. And I do have some hurt. And I'm in church and you know what? That's okay. I'm so tired of churches where you can't be broken. You don't need God if you're not broken. It's God that mends. It's God that restores. It's God that redeems. He's a supernatural God. If life's all perfect, you don't need him. Enjoy life. Go to Macca's. Do that. It'll be fun. But some of us here, with every eye closed, just for a moment, this is a, this is a God moment. Some of us here have got pain, lost pain, hidden pain that you've squashed from something that's happened in the past. You know, you don't have to live with that. You don't have to hide that. God wants to redeem that. He wants to restore the years the locusts have eaten. And not only that, then he wants to pour his life into you while you rest in his presence. He wants you to green leaf. He wants you to sprout, to spring. He wants you to grow. He wants you to, to, to bud. He wants you to blossom. But those that have still got that despair and pain and anguish, I say this. We can't make ourselves blossom and we can't make ourselves bloom and we can't make ourselves better. Not in our strength. And sometimes life can make us feel like that rod all dried up inside, like we've got nothing left to give. 
But see, it's not about us. That's the beauty of it. It's never about us. It's always about Him. And if we attach ourselves to Him, He actually fills our cup to overflowing. He restores those dreams. He actually brings to pass those promises. He removes those hurts and those pains and He fills it with life and life abundant. So this morning, church, if that's you, now this is going to take courage, yeah? If that's you, you know that, man, I'm tired of that stuff. And I want to be like that stick, like that rod. It's time for my life to flourish, to blossom. Then I'm going to ask you to come to the front. But people will know, they'll think there's something wrong with me. Good. Good. Give a Christian an opportunity to pray and be a Christian. Yeah? Maybe do something, position yourself where God can move. And then when God moves, people will look at you and say, why are they doing that? Why are they leading that? Why is their life flourishing? Because maybe like that rod, they allowed themselves to be pushed into the presence of God. Amen. The altar's open and his presence is real and his presence is rich and his healing is true. And if you need a touch this morning, then I'm inviting you to come to the front and join me. Oh uh-huh. 